Hello, and welcome to Pop-Tarts. Hello. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We're both editors at Bust Magazine here in Brooklyn, New York. (laughs) And we're pop culture junkies. We love talking about pop culture, and we love talking about pop culture with you. Today is going to be an epic journey of awesomeness because we have in the studio with us Aquafina! Wow, guys. <laughs> wow. Rapper, producer, comedian, actress, author, talk show host, and the pride of Forest Hills, Queens. Yeah, I don't know if I'm the pride. Ray Romano took that one. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. They like me. Conservatively, though, fuck Ray Romano. You're the pride of really? Forest Hills, Queens. <laughs> Thank you. That's all, I've been waiting my whole life just for someone to say, fuck Ray Romano. You're the pride of Forest Hills. Uh, no tea, came. no shade. We just love you so much. Yeah. No. Thank you. I love you guys. So you're saying that David Blaine is not the world's greatest magician. He's just moving things with his mind. Fuck yeah, I am. I'm going to say three words to you. Are you ready? Canadian sex zombies. Aquafina has a long history with us at Bust Magazine. I do. We covered you in 2013 yeah. when your uh, My Vag video came yeah, out. Yeah, I was I, only 15 years old. <laughs> I literally remember us blasting it in the bust office oh. as soon as like someone found out about it. My veg, like an operatic ballad. Yo veg, like grandpa's cabbage in my veg. Effortless, yo veg, post ads on Craigslist. We were blasting in the office because we had listened to Mickey Avalon's My Dick and we knew that My Vag was a total gonna come one clap day. back and we were so happy and excited at your version. It awesome. was the best. Yeah, I love you. I love Bust. You guys, you guys, you guys were really the first, one of the first. And then in 2013, you performed at our 20th anniversary I Spectacular. Did, which was the most spectacular show I've ever seen. <laughs> Glorious Dynam. And now you are the very first guest on the Pop-Tarts podcast. Yay! We've been flying solo up until now. Okay. And now we're super excited to talk to you about your talk show. Yeah. Talk, T-A-W-K. Yeah, you get it? Which is hilarious. Talk. Yeah, what a pun. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what a pun. Call me Aquafina, vaginal genius, 718 girl, I rap queens is. Now I got a talk show where it gets awkward. And it's on go90.com. It's a website and it's also an app. Yeah, made by Astronauts Wanted. And it's uh, fifth season, season five. Yes, we're in the fifth season now. Yeah. And it's fresh. How do they roll? Is it like, because you did like two in one year? Um, We do two seasons in in like two weeks. Um, But we, but this time we actually went to LA. So it's a very New York show and like bodegas and laundromats. And then we took it to LA and that was very interesting. So that's what's rolling now. Uh huh. The LA season. You've had awesome guests on your show. We have, yeah. You've had Jean Grey. Jean Grey, yeah. Akila Hughes. Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj. DJ Cool Herc. And your grandma. My grandma, God, God bless her soul. She's still alive. Um, they, they, yeah, she's pretty ratchet on that show. You watch it. (laughs) I was psyched to see your grandma on that show. Yeah, I was like, yes, come through. A little little grandma corner. It's great. Who's the old guy? Yeah, who holds your boombox? Who's that dude? That guy is a guy named Chiz Schultz, so his real name is Charles Schultz, and I guess Chiz is a way of shortening Charles. And um, he's just a, he's just a DJ. He's my DJ, and he's 85 years old. And I didn't know much about him. I think we found him on, like, a random ca- like actor's thing. Uh-huh. But then one day, he just came up to me, and he was like, check out my movie. And he handed me The Sweet Blood of Jesus, and it's a Spike Lee movie wow. that he executive produced. 
Dang. So I was like, Chiz, why are you here if you're doing all this? <laughs> um, but yeah, he's very interesting and I hope he's well. He has an eye on the cutting edge. Yeah, he definitely does. Yeah, the whole time I was like, did I miss that explanation of this man? Yeah, and I like abuse him on that show, poor guy. <laughs> he's it. a sweet guy. He seems so game for everything. Yeah, he, he is. I mean, I have the things I'm saying, you know. I don't know if you can hear me or not, but hopefully you can. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> can you give us any tidbits on what's coming up on season five who you're going to be talking to? Yeah, so on season five, um, today we just released The Felly. It was an um, up-and-coming rapper. He's one of my favorites. We had Corella. We had Jamie Chung, Annie Milanakis. Um, we have a lot of guests coming up. Josh Peck, All the L.A., Bobby Lee. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's going to be really fun. And it's, in, like I said, in L.A., and there's a whole subplot where um, I, I'm, I'm, like, basically um, – having sex with Chiz most of the season four <laughs> and he leaves me because I think he's cheating on me with his granddaughter but it's actually his granddaughter oh, so there's a fun gosh. there's a fun little gross subplot going on there <laughs> that we developed definitely tune in go 90.com it's free it's it's awesome and you definitely put the awk in talk I do one of the more awkward TV shows I've ever seen in the history of time. Yeah, and that's not we're not you know pretending to be awkward. Like, <laughs> you are really awkward. awkwardness. Do any of your you have some famouses on your show? Do any of them flip out a little bit at the awkwardness, or are they cool with it? No, everyone. I think I, everyone is cool with it. Um, I know, like I read this article about the Eric Andre show uh-huh. um, about it how just kills me, man. It kills me, but it's also it's killing the guests because no, it's not killing. The, like they, he doesn't tell them what right. goes on, so they get and traumatized. They get mad. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot her name from the hill. Lauren Conrad. Lauren Conrad. It was a dude. He kept like, he kept pretending that he had such a boner for him. Like a dick popped out of his desk. Um, And then like um, all the dick jokes. And it made him so uncomfortable. He just had to leave the room. It was a rapper. I knew exactly what you're talking about. T.I. Yes, T.I. T.I. Like was really upset. Insecure with your masculinity right now. You're making yourself look sad. But then he put. I think he put like smelly things in his chair. Like we don't we don't troll the guests to that level. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that you're, was. You're more awkward. You're not like abusing them. Yeah. No, because you know at the same time it's like if like I'm happy for you to be here. <laughs> like I'm not gonna like you know. But Eric, but God bless Eric Andre because his show is so good. So I can watch his show all night. Yeah. What is like the most awkward or like uncomfortable thing you made a guest do or? Um, actually we don't make the guests do uncomfortable. They make me do the uncomfortable things. So we had a, one time we had, it was Rye Dune and we had like a pizza, a pizza Russian roulette thing. Oh, I saw that with the that was chocolate. Gnarly, that was gnarly, dude. We had a mayo and, and ice cream. Oh. Yeah. I still remember you going down to mayo and you hate mayo. I, I do not. I don't like, I don't mind mayo, but not on, not on a pizza Not on a pizza things. that would legit make yeah. me barf. Um, that was, and you know, I got married. <laughs> <laughs> things were weird. <laughs> They, they troll me. They troll me. That's so. much easier. Yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. I want to take you back to last summer, the summer of 2016. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at my desk at bust. Callie's sitting at her desk at bust. All of a sudden, I hear from Callie's desk, holy fucking shit, Aquafina is going to be in Ocean's 8. Duh! <laughs> I was amped. <laughs> really? <laughs> awesome! The whole office went, <laughs> I'm like I'm like bus baby. So yeah, excited. Um, not- I think I was more excited about you being on it than Rihanna. And that says a lot. That's a very rare thing because yeah. you're FOB like friend of bust, so and it's so huge. So your co-star is in this giant heist movie that like may possibly be the biggest movie of all time. Rihanna, Anne Hathaway, Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Helena Bonham Carter. Mindy Kaling and Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where are you in the process of making this movie? 
what do you mean? Like, did you already film it? Yeah, Are- yeah, we, we filmed it. We filmed it all through, all over the couple of months, and we're, we're done. And now um, we have to wait for a whole year. And now you wait. Out. And now we wait. And we'll wait in this booth forever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be in the booth. So what can you tell us about your character? What can you tell us about the movie? What are you allowed to say what about it? What can you tell oh, me about Helena Blanham Carter? Uh, Helena's amazing, dude. I feel like she. I would be mesmerized and I'd be like, what are you doing? She, what she's are you a, a very magical spirit, that, that woman. Um, well, the, the movie is, is, is literally is as good as it sounds, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I can't tell you much about my character other than that she's a true New Yorker and um, I love her. And I love her for that. Like, how... I'm so fascinated by how you came to be part of this ensemble. It seems so right, like it was just meant to be. Did yeah. someone see my vag or like queef or something? How did people know that they you... event- He eventually did, yeah. Um, I did a movie called Dude, which is an indie movie written by uh, Olivia Milch, who's co-producing on Oceans. And Gary Ross, the director, saw my performance in that movie and... That's where it started, awesome. because I am I, I like compared to like they they're literally a listers every single one of them, they're people that I've idolized for years, and so I feel very, I felt random being they added to it. You. Yeah, That's yeah, amazing. yeah. It was yeah. So you know, but yeah, like, yeah. They made me feel very at home, and um, they're lovely people. That is so awesome. Yeah. And can you tell us anything about hanging out on the set? Like who hung out in whose trailers? Were you all broing down or were there clicks? Like Oh man. I, I can say that we were all friends. Uh-huh. And um, you know, I think there was like like just ridiculous articles that like we, we were fighting and there were constant cat fight. There's none of oh, that. People love to do that. People love yeah. to do that, but it's like they're kind of it's like if they're not pulling it out of any place of truth, because if you were on set, like you can clearly see that there's none of that going on they're pulling it out from the fact that we're eight women and of course we have periods and like we're gonna fight that's not true you know like if it was it was eight men there wouldn't be rumors like that yeah so yeah i don't remember hearing that in oceans 11 i mean i know nothing about these oceans movies except that they don't involve the ocean right (laughs) (laughs) they're heist movies baby they're heist movies what does it have where where the ocean come from is that just like their special set of skills comes off of danny ocean who's the main guy his last name is ocean yeah yeah (laughs) i knew they were heist movies but i was like yeah uh, (laughs) you're like are they in the ocean? Yeah, for a submarine. When does the ocean come in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who you... plays the ocean? <laughs> did okay. you know any of your castmates before filming this movie? I did not know. And did you make any like friendships to last a lifetime, or is that not how it works? Um, it it, it works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we're definitely friends, and I think like you know we're we're just very warm to each other, but um. Am I like hanging out with them every day? Like, dude, can I tell you what they're eating right now? Probably not. What you know, right I have no idea. No idea. Was craft services good? It was amazing. Yes, very, very good. Crafty. I feel like it's such a shame that this is coming out so much so far in the future because they could have put you in Ghost in the Shell. I mean, I might, I might, I might be dead by the time it comes out. Um, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they could have put a lot of a number yeah, of women as Ghost in the Shell. A number of women. Yeah. In talk, I remember when you had Rudy Mancuso yeah. on, and you asked him, he had 5 million followers mm. at the time. He's a Vine star. Yes. And you asked him, you have 5 million followers, what's your ass level? Right. So, of course, that's going to make me wonder about you. You're in, like, one of the most massive movies that's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. What is your ass level right now? What is ass level? Like, what kind of it's, ass it's are really you pulling? It's really just interpretive of what do you think that is. Uh. Like, how, what's your what's your level of star fuckery? 
Um, uh, my... I thought this was some secret Twitter lingo. No, not at all. <laughs> no, like what kind of ass are you pulling with your startup? Uh-huh. Um, there's no, there's no ass that I'm pulling. I mean, I leave the house and I'm just some random Asian bitch, you know. <laughs> Like I said, I mean, and that's and that's the thing. People, that's so hard for me to believe. No, it's true. Like people are always like, "Oh my god!" Like since my vag got like 150 views, people have been like, "What's it like to be famous?" And it's like it's a level famous, it's or ass level. It's such a subjective thing that on so many levels, like, you know, I know, like, if you look at a lot of like major movies, and then you look at kind of like you know side characters, like, what's their ass level like? You know, uh-huh. not a lot of people know who they are. So I don't know. I don't know what it will be like. I have no idea. Do you know what you you want your ass level to be? I think I want my ass level to be relatively low, at a nice low, you uh-huh. know? I think when your ass level becomes too high all at once, um, you just have no ass after, <laughs> after like, a couple of minutes. But if you keep the ass level very consistent, under-the-radar ass level, um, then you might have a nice, nice ass career, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. In your theme song for talk, mm-hmm. you're like... Call me Aquafina, vaginal genius. You did it really well. You have a good rap voice. <laughs> Thank you. That I've was listened, lit. You can tell I've listened to it a bunch. You I'm have. Like, yeah. I listen to it. I enjoy it. I bust moves when you say it. Okay. But I also wonder how can I, Emily Rems, host of Pop Tarts, be a vaginal genius? Because I want to. I want to be one. I feel like you. I feel like you are one. Really? I'm are you a vaginal sure genius? You're a vaginal genius. If, okay. Pretend this is the the things. Right. What is this? Wait, what? So these are the two things, right? Oh, you're talking about fallopian. What are that? See? <laughs> right here. High five. We're high five. Vaginal, vaginal genius. She's a vaginal genius. Well, I don't know about you, though. My vagina is, we've discussed, is uh, like a poltergeist. How so, Callie? Does it reach out? It, it, it announces itself with a sulfuric smell before. <laughs> a a the... sulfuric <laughs> I would say that would consider you to be a... <laughs> It has a grand entrance, let's so say. So you be like... Rolls out a carpet. Call um, me Callie Watts. Vaginal ghost. <laughs> vaginal ghost. Vaginal yeah. go- That's a very morbid... I'm vaginal ghost. That was the most morbid intro I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Lit. Lit, Callie. I'm actually turned on right now, which is awesome. Yeah, it's good. Uh, you write your own lyrics. I do. I'm, you write your own beats. I, I, 98% of them, yes. You produce your own tracks. Yes, is having complete creative control super important to you? Do you think more so because you're a woman in this industry that's like dudes everywhere? Or is that just you and how you live life? Um, I, I really assert creative control in my in my music. Like obviously if I'm I when I'm when I do movies, like I understand and I'm very comfortable with being a part of a bigger pro- collaborative project. Uh-huh. Whereas I always like my vag is is an example of something that I could have probably shopped around to a lot of people that have been like, no. Like, no, you know, <laughs> and so I felt like I created that hype on my own. So I think with my with my music, the reason why I re- I'm independent right now is because I don't ever want my music to be subject to. No, this is too much. This is too gross, because then I won't be able to make songs like Queef for about fucking a dolphin. Yeah, I queefed in the morning and I queefed in the night. I went to Benihana and I queefed on sight. I queefed in the trap, queef, queefed in the trap. People at the club stare when I'm queefing like that. 
no one's going to pull you back. Yeah, no one's going to pull me back. My music is my baby, so I don't want any grubby hands on, on, my, mu- on my weird music. I would yeah. argue that as an audience for the different kinds of art that you do, you can really feel as an audience member that no one's holding you back. Oh, yeah. So and that and, you're doing exactly what you want to do. And also no one's telling me that visually it's very ugly. <laughs> so <laughs> at the same time, really there's, no, there's no money pumping into it, but, you know, it's But it there's definitely a sense that, like, for your fans, you're watching exactly what the artist intended and not a packaged deal. Yeah, Yeah. and I think, like, I think a lot of millennials, too, can sniff out what is, you know, corporatized and gross and ponzi schemey. And I think that they can really appreciate things that aren't, you know, which is why meme culture has gotten so big. and, And even vines, you know, these are kids that are vining out of their bedrooms and they have more followers than, you know, Mariah Carey, you know, so. Do you have any advice for young women who want to produce their own work but are maybe nervous about it because they're as soon as a woman shows any talent in anything they're handed a man to produce them yeah i mean if especially for producers like they're more rare than female rappers which is already a pretty like you know barren industry Mm -hmm. um but like female producers i mean like just the fact that you're female it's not going to hold you back so much is like good it's going to make you stand out so I, I, I tell women and, and especially women of color that like your race your your talents are not going to hold you back they're going to make you seem they're going to make you more pronounced you know so just just do it and especially if you like you know the girl running this podcast there is a woman running this podcast she's running pro tools she's setting up mics like that's hot and that's something that I don't see when I when I go to a lot of studios so you know I think that like for for young women, just just be you, dude. Just be you, and also not be scared to put things on the internet, because really that's like the biggest mm-hmm. step is to actually make something that's you know whatever you think it is, and then the next step is to actually put it on the internet. And when I put my vag on the internet, I was working a job, like you know it's not it's so I had to make a choice, right? Am I going to stay in the corporate environment, or am I going to become like this outcast that has this weird video that's going to come back and haunt her? Um, luckily, it didn't go that way. Would you consider yourself a feminist? Yes, I would. Tell me more. Okay, so I studied women's studies in, in college, and and um, I learned a lot of things there, um, but also mainly that if you were going to put this, my vag, under a, an extremely microscopic feminist lens, then it might not appear feminist, and that you'd have all kinds of camps coming out and be like, here's a line where this is not feminist because it disagrees with these. And so, you know, I didn't want to use that song as a platform to promote myself as a political activist. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course I'm a feminist. I think at the same time, if you're going to listen to my vag, you have to also understand that I have a vagina. So if I was going (laughs) to write a song, it's going to be about my vagina, whether I was going to use it as a a tool for a a kind of feminist political agenda, which I I didn't, you know? And so, like, in the beginning, I think I was confused... um, as to how people were coming at me with the feminist question. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't want to be known as this kind of militant feminist. I didn't want to, you know, because I'm, I'm not out there campaigning for women's rights every day. You know, but then also you have to understand that the word feminist means so many different things. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want to be one of those gross women that are like, I am not a feminist because I love my boyfriend. I love blowjobs and I'm not a feminist. <laughs> so, well, what does feminism mean to you? I think feminism means a lot of different things. It means uh, the furtherance of of all groups that are, you know, 
minority in this world, female being one of them, but also being a woman of color and having those relationships kind of like understood. It doesn't mean that like we hate men and we love women and we're all working and walking around with Birkenstocks, so obvious, you know. I think it just means like that we support the equality of of groups that that are not equal to white men, you know? So that's what it means for me. And I think like it is I, anything I can do to like promote that further, I'll, I'll do. But yeah. We have a, a continuing segment in on this podcast where we ask each other what we're watching. Oh God. And watching can encompass all kinds of things. Great. TV, porn, movies, porn. porn okay. Um, Russian music amateur. videos. Okay. Like anything pop culture that you're consuming. Okay. So what are you watching? What? What you watching? Oh God! Um, what am I watching? I, I rewatch a lot of things. It's kind of a dry well out there right now. Yeah, it can be like old stuff that you just are getting around to now. Yeah, so I think Chef's Table. I watched like the Ivan Orkin episode. That was amazing. Have you guys seen that? The no, Ivan Orkin? No, not yet. Um, I was crying. Uh, <laughs> Chef's Table. You know when Chef's Table plays, even like the the intro, I'm like, why am I crying? <laughs> Someone's so like beautiful. blasting salt out of adversity, and I was like, why am I cry? Uh, I I like um, Chef's Table. I'm I'm really. I just finished the OA, which was really yeah, good. Was I made an so OA good. reference in this weird booth that we're in. That we'd fill up with water, you know. <laughs> um, what was with the? Like, I was like, they really just made a movie about interpretive dance and just lived that right through. They there. literally did, and it wasn't a kind of interpretive dance that like made me really um, not horny. Yeah, I did <laughs> even get dance, one douche chill, which was oh, yeah. amazing. If I if I ever was gonna like make my pussy like a land, like a like a desert, it would it would just be watching interpretive dance. But they killed it. But what was really fascinating about that show that I didn't realize until like the third episode was like, oh my god, Britt Marlin wrote, created, and stars in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? She did. She wrote yeah. and created it. And her, uh, this is like her third or fourth project that she's like written and created. And, and like that's in. like that's a if you want to talk about f- like feminism, like that's a right. fucking like she's killing it. Because that's when you really need. It's like you. It's easy to put a woman in front, whatever. But it's it's harder to have them doing all the. She's stuff writing in the, the roles that she wants to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from scratch. Her own vehicle, Basically, that's yeah, amazing. that's amazing. Um, one of my favorite shows ever in the history of ever is the show Getting On, which lasted three seasons. It stars Alec, Alex Borstein and Laurie Metcalf, and it's about a geriatric rehab, and it's on HBO. Have you guys heard about this? Amazing. No, but it sounds awesome. Yeah, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, that, uh, Cat House, I'm rewatching Cat House. Another H- Come on, that. Oh, really? wait, is that the HBO, like, docudrama legal... about the brothel yes it's a docudrama i mean that's a docu fun docu fun yeah. yeah i have not watched this one either. no that's I'm good sleeping yeah you are what, what, what are you what are you watching i just watched home alone what <laughs> okay Callie. so you're one of those bitches that are just re-watching old I mean, things that they're adding because i got true. obsessed with david blaine recently when that he did a scary mean, trick, did you run away? I love it when people no, run away I'm from his like, scary tricks. Telekinesis! Do you he know, has fucking telekinesis! He blasted his um, I saw uvula that when he got or something. shot in the mouth. Didn't he rupture his uvula? That's messed up. Does he have a crazy voice now? I don't know. I don't know, I need dude. To, to dig into that. What else did I want? I love Big Little Lies and poor Nicole Kidman because she is not getting a good she, end of the stick on that one. She's my favorite storyline in it right now, though, because I just have so many feels for her. Why, I have so many why are they making feels Skarsgård so sensual when he's beating her? I feel like so that's the conflicted fuck, when man. I watch yeah, them. I don't like watching like like beating porn. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like not something. But he's like, that's how he gets hard is by controlling her. So like... Like by when he hits her, then his boner erupts. So representative. But she's into it too. Mm-hmm. 
She's super. I mean, and but she's not. She is, but she's not. But she, she is, is, but she doesn't I like it when, when she touches him. When he touches her too hard. Yeah, I think she's not fully into the cycle yet, where she can admit that she's being boundaries. Being, yeah, because she's, she's like, begging for boundaries. Me. She needs a safe word. And, but she's not. <laughs> she's not getting like. He's yeah. not just beating the pussy up. He's like going. But just beating around. her up. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And it's just like Jesus, lady. Yeah. I mean, I you know I can I love that I like that show, but there's something I can say about it. Emily, the first time we were talking about, it, she was like, "It's just straight up white wine. I can't." Do yeah, it. I don't think that people but live in houses like now. that. I don't you know think what I mean? people live anything like anything. Monterey like had, must have some struggle people, you know what I mean, that are like, that's not my house. And but what? they also didn't film it in Monterey. I don't remember and where they filmed it. And what is the job of the there. single mother? She's just a, is, She's is an accountant. She's yet. a freelance accountant. That's what she said. Can, Ooh, can I hire her? Or I know, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, they make that much cash? Is that's that? what I'm trying to say. Give me a break. It's like the girls and girls living in those Yeah. Yeah, living in that. Which is also something or, I'm watching, but I feel like it's homework, and I can't wait to it to be done really yeah i'm liking it i, I i'm surprised girls. it was still on it was like kind of like watching like being reminded that gray's anatomy was still on i was shocked to find <laughs> out that 2016 gray's anatomy i was like is who's still in it we're gonna say goodbye to our bff aquafina it's been an unrelenting delight i just want to give a special shout out to this girl emily um who found me on the internet and had me on bus in 2013 that was really nice <gasps> holy <laughs> shit that's me <laughs> we were talking about how it's like full circle with y'all so yeah and Callie who screamed at Oceans <laughs> you're rising I well, also screamed at my badge thank Great. you so awesome. much for and forever. actually your badge is the sulfuric announcement it was screaming into the mic <laughs> 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 alright see you later cool. thank you so much yeah, thank you guys bye Aquafina's a genius and her vagina is 50 times better than a penis it's time that we let the world This episode of Pop-Tarts was produced in the Listening Booth. Check out this sneak peek of their shows and then head to listeningboothmedia.com to find out more about each one. I'm Terrence Mickey, the creator and host of Memory Motel, a podcast that finds the drama and what we desperately want to remember or would rather forget. In season one, I explored such light topics as the different ways we remember the dead. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling the New York Times Classifieds. Christine speaking. I may help you. Hi, my name is Terrence Mickey, and I'm calling to inquire about an obituary. What information were you looking for that I could possibly help you with? Okay. I'm a big procrastinator, but I'm going to die at some point, so I just want to be prepared. And to get to the bottom of Stockholm Syndrome, I returned to the bank robbery where the first person was diagnosed with it. I always felt that I did something wrong. After almost 50 years, I felt, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I did what I had to do. And I'm kind of feeling proud of myself. And I followed a message in a bottle. He starts talking to me about a bottle with a message in it. And he says, Turks and Caicos, I'm like, and I'm, you know, I'm real expressive. You can't see me, but like I make a lot of faces. And I look at my cousin and I real quizzically and I go, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So I says, hold on a second. I put the phone down. I'm like, what? What? And I go back on the phone. I go, okay, excuse me. What's a Turks and Caicos? I had no idea. To see where your memories take me next, please subscribe to Memory Motel wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to share your memories, please reach out to me directly on Twitter at Terrence underscore Mickey or at Memory Motel. 
For updates on Season 2, visit our website, memorymotel.audio. And we're back, and I'm here to gaze into Callie's lovely limpid pools. Alone at last. But Aquafina was a joy. Aquafina was the best. But now I'm here alone with you in the booth to ask you, Callie Watts, what you're watching. Okay. Well, we kind of talked about it a little bit before, and I got a little shade. But (laughs) (laughs) aside from Home Alone, which I did rewatch, I was home with my parents. With Donald Trump. No, that's Home Alone 2. Oh, he's in Home Alone 2. I was watching Home Alone 1. I forgot how good Home Alone was. When was the last time you saw Home Alone? It's been a few years, but I remember it being very suspenseful. It's so brutal. He really kicks (laughs) the shit out of those guys, out of those those robbers. so hard. I listened to Missing Richard Simmons, as you suggested. Yeah, Missing Richard Simmons is now over. It's done. It, it was came awesome, to its conclusion. But I feel like that dude is just harassing poor Richard Simmons. Which I think is why they just cut it off. I mean, I don't know if this is how many episodes it was supposed to have, but it's over. And he's like, I think Richard's okay. Maybe I should stop harassing him. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, that made me think, like, whatever happened to Eric Neese from The Grind? What's up, everybody? I'm Eric Neese, and this is The Grind Workout. And Billy Blanks. You remember Billy Blanks from the t- Billy Blanks was Tybo. Hey, I'm Billy Blanks. Coming to you guys with a new Tybo Live Basic Workout. Yeah. Those are two things I watched a lot when I was, we would basically pretend to work out when we were kids, but we would just like watch them work out and hang Would you out. do the grind workout? We would do the grind workout and we would do the Tybo and both of those people are not hiding and Billy Blanks is just still Tyboing around. Can I just tell you one thing about the grind? Yes. Here's a fun fact. When I was in college, you may notice that I have excellent vocal articulation. Yes. That's because in college I took voice and articulation class. Oh. And sitting next to me in voice and articulation class was one of the main dancers from the grind. Really? I can't remember her name now. I wish I could. But she's the one with the curly waist length red hair. She was like I'm trying to very captivatingly the- beautiful and she wore half shirts all the time. And she was uh, a very lovely lady on the grind and I remember walking into voice and articulation class and being like, Oh shit, that's a girl from the grind. <laughs> Well, he, that uh, Eric from The Grind, he married uh, his twin flame, he calls it. I found out about him because Oprah did a Where Are They Now on him last year. She did? Yeah, and he has found his twin flame, and she um, is into past life regression and thinks that they used to be together in a past life, and now their flames have found each other again. Nice. And so he's very hippie, hippie now. Celine Dion was a host on The Voice. Did you watch that? I have never watched The Voice. I have never watched The Voice either, but I will watch anything that involves Celine Dion for Because her you like the way she beats her breast. And like just the way she does her facial expressions. She's such a kook. Have you watched like She's Canadian to the core, that's Celine Have you Celine watched Dion. like clips of Celine Dion's craziest moments? She's no. such a hilarious She flails maniac. about. Yeah, she is just gesticulates and her face goes on journeys. She does facial face journeys. journeys. And she's just generally hilarious to watch. I did not know this about you after all the time that we've spent together. I did not know that you will watch anything with Celine Dion in it. I'm not even a fan of her music so much. I mean, she's got a great voice, but 
it's watching her talk and go crazy and like get excited that I just appreciate. Uh huh. And then I got obsessed with David Blaine. Mm hmm. And um, do you think it's the devil's work? I think he has telekinesis, yo, just like the the dude in Legion. Like Carrie? Yeah, but Milan. So you're roommate. saying that David Blaine is not the world's greatest magician. He's just moving things with his mind. Fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> My roommate hates me because of that. He thinks, he, he Isn't thinks it even insane. more impressive that he's able to do that stuff without I telekinesis? Mean, yeah, I no, I there's no way he's doing this without <laughs> telekinesis. There's no way he is moving shit, dude. Like. He goes, like, he'll put a po- uh, like a card in somebody's pocket that's, like, so far over in the circle. Yeah. My uh, my my husband is convinced that it's, like, all a setup. But they're, like, strangers that he finds on the street. I'm I don't know how street. he does it, but I love it when people are so freaked out by his tricks that they run down the street. And sometimes I'm so freaked out by his tricks that I just, like, want to get off the couch and run, a- run away from the TV. Dude, I was going crazy. I've never really watched David Blaine... I mean, I knew who it was, and I saw a couple tricks, but when I watched the special, I was like... On Netflix? <laughs> yeah, my mind was just constantly getting blown. He's the like, best. No way. There's no way. I mean, there's stuff that I can tell how he did it, like when he puts the the knife through his hand. Like, I get that. You're just going around veins and stuff. But still, it's know? gnarly. It's still gnarly, and it takes a lot of practice. But it's the things where he's like, I think he's changing objects that I'm like... <laughs> just get the fuck. Do you want to have sexual intercourse with David Blaine? Is he going to make his dick come off of his body and move it somewhere else? <laughs> like you realize that his penis is in your pocket and you're across the room? <laughs> Dude, what if he could just like stick his penis in your vagina? That's where like telekinesis rape. He's got to get it okay before I, he's like, now David check in Blaine nature's pocket. <laughs> would never do that. He would always ask for consent. I feel I, that. I feel like he would, but that would be hilarious if he knew that he could have consent, and then he'd be like, "Which pocket is the card in?" It's and it's in nature's, nature's pocket. pocket. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I'm also, of course, doing my homework, watching girls. Uh huh. Yeah, Erica brought up in the office the other day that it's sort of now just like all about the girls and their relationships, and not with men, and not about their relationships with each other, and I think that's totally true, and maybe that's part of the reason why I've lost my love for it, because I'm just like, this is just like a regular bullshit show now. It is a lot about them interacting with dudes, and not interacting and as much shosh. with each other. Where the hell is Shosh? I would, I would also like more Shosh. Let's talk about Hannah's dad's partner. Yeah. And when he took Hannah to church for not um, wanting to tell the dad, Yeah. I was like, preach, dude. Like, that is so... Like, if we're going to complain about our choice taken away, that guy should have a choice on whether he wants to be an absent dad or be involved. She's going to tell him. She's going to tell him because that is just morally bankrupt right there. You can't be pulling that it's shit. It's a hard decision, though, when you're not sure. When, if you're having a kid with a stranger, it's hard to know whether, um, like, that's somebody that you want in your child's life when you're trying to figure out what's best with for your kid. Tell the dude. Like, at least be like, P.S., you have a kid. You don't need to be involved. I'd actually prefer it if you weren't involved. But I feel like you should know that they, that there's a kid out there. Well, we'll see what she decides. I, I hope she tells Otherwise, I'm going to be like, Hannah! <laughs> <laughs> You're going to shake your angry fist yeah, at Yeah, I'm going to fist shake it. Uh, what else did I watch? Oh, um, I watched the clip where Kim Kardashian talks about her attacker. I also watched that clip. I've ne- I can't watch the whole show. It's unwatchable, but I did yeah. watch the clip where she talked about being attacked in Paris. Um, 
from Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And Kim Kardashian, I literally felt like she was a human for the first time. I had so many feels for her. Like, when the moment when she's like, I was like, okay, this is the time that I'm going to get raped. I was horrified. My house was broken into when I was in college. And um, I was in the house, me and my roommate. And we shared a room at the time. And I heard these people breaking all my shit, right? And I look down the hallway, and I see this guy running at me with a crowbar. And I jump in my room. And me and my roommate, actually, I woke my roommate up. And I was like, dude, people are in the house. We got to go. And she's like, it's cool, dude. And I was like, it's not cool. We're going to get raped. So we're hiding in the bathroom until we heard, like, a lull. And then we ran down the street. But while we were in the bathroom, we were literally holding each other. And we were like, this is it. This is the moment in our lives as women that we get raped. Damn. And so I was totally like, Kim, I'm having all the feels for you. Yeah, totally fuck everyone who said that it wasn't true and that she was lying. Yeah, that's just straight bullshit. I, I felt so bad for her. And then also when she was, like, worried that her sister was going to have to find her body. Yeah, no, I mean, it was unbelievably traumatic. I, and I was like, how do so you feel about to worry, like, while you're going through all this process of this shit happening to you, you're also like, and then my sister is going to have to see this. Like, I was like, man, you are such a, I really like her kim kardashian now she has broken into my heart but how do you feel about her talking about that on her reality show like is it sort of discordant for her to talk about it in that way in that like on that show that's usually so frivolous or is that the right place for her to talk about it i think it's the right place because she could have done that interview with anybody and because i'm sure like barbara walters yeah barbara wawa would have loved it but i think in that situation no one's editing her words she has complete control over how it's projected and like she could probably take as much time to deal with it as she wanted before she had to touch the subject. Because, uh-huh. you know, like, when you give that interview, people are going to want it right away. And maybe she wasn't ready. Yeah. So I feel like it, it, in this situation, like, it gave her, she actually was able to use that platform. Yeah. It was brave. Newsflash, Kim Kardashian is a real person with real feelings. She has real feels. And so does Kanye. hmm We both got a screener for... RuPaul's Drag Race. The queen is here. Bow down, bitches. Drag Race season nine. The first episode will have dropped before this episode airs, so we can talk all about episode one. There are a lot of really good, strong competitors this season. I'm very excited. As a plus-size lady myself, of course I'm going to love Eureka. She's a 25-year-old plus-size queen from Tennessee, and she came in and said, girl, I'm as country as a biscuit, and I like eating them, too. She is hilarious. I she think totally she's reminded so good in the snatch, or it's the sh- where you snatch game. People. No, the one where you... Oh, the when the library is open, yes, and she has to she's read gonna people. she's going to read. She's smart, and she's funny, and she has amazing looks, and she reminds me of my favorite Drag Race contestant ever of all time, Latrice Royale from oh, season Latrice. four. Do you remember when she was like, Jesus is a biscuit, let him sop you up. Yes, I forgot about that line. So I got all kinds of Latrice flashbacks watching Eureka, and I was like, bring it. I also really, really loved- I got to pause you. Every time they said Eureka, I thought they were saying her name was Urethra. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wish it was, but that opens up a new name for somebody else. Yeah, that's, that's season 10. <laughs> season 9 is Eureka, so I'm rooting for Eureka. And I also really love Nina Bonina Brown. That is my number one. Who's the art queen freak from Georgia? The peach. Yeah, face peach head was everything. Uh huh. That was so good. 
just like such a natural born weirdo in like the best possible way. I enjoy Nina Bonina and I like how like there's a lot of people with obviously like very, very expensive things mm-hmm. and Nina Bonina's Brown's outfits are way more like handcrafted, which I appreciate. Like it's all about imagination as opposed to like buying exactly buying super elaborate pageant queen outfits. And I also like Alexis Michelle. That's uh, the New York City musical theater person. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those are my top three. And I will tell you that although after season, after episode one aired, you still don't, nobody got eliminated. Right. Um, but I will give you my prediction now that the first person who's going to go home is going to be James Mansfield. Which one was that? James Mansfield was the 26-year-old comedy queen from Milwaukee who showed up with a puppet. Oh, yeah. That James puppet. Mansfield is not ready for primetime. I'm so sorry. So let me tell you about how, I, how I've been watching Drag Race with my husband. We were at a bar together, like, when we first started dating. Okay. And there was, like, a drag show going on for RuPaul's Drag Race, and he had never seen a drag queen perform and did not know who RuPaul was. Crazy. I lost my shit, and I was like, let me tell you everything there is to know. Let me just tell... we. We've got some things to watch. You have to watch Paris is Burning. We have to watch all this. I like, let me let, let me let you in the shit this world. And he loves it. He was dying on RuPaul's Drag Race, like grabbing my hand and stuff like, oh my God, when like a really good outfit would come out. He was amazed at like the creativity situation. So there's no drag in Chile? I don't believe it. I think he was just not in this scene maybe. Okay. You know, like he's been living here for like two or three years and- it's long enough to know. Right? I was like, how is this not on everyone's radar? And to not know who RuPaul is, I was like... I know. That's like not knowing who Oprah is. Yeah. My mind was blown. So he knows now. But he got so excited when the trailer came out for the next drag race that he came running over and he was like, the new drag race is coming! <laughs> and he was like elated. And then my weed dealer was over the other night and I was watching the episode again just to refresh, try to remember all the names because I'm terrible at remembering names. And so he's like hanging out and I had paused drag race and I was like, oh, you wanted to chill for a little bit or something? And he was like, uh, I thought we were going to watch drag race. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's me, the weed dealer and Camillo and that it, they were so hyped for this episode. Did they have clear favorites? I think everybody is uh, rooting for Peach Face. Nina Bonita Brown. Yeah. Oh, and RuPaul just got married. Wait, what? RuPaul just got married. Newsflash, really? To that dude who he's been with forever and ever? Mm-hmm. Really? They met at, remember that club that used to be here that was inside the church? Limelight. Limelight. They met at Limelight. Aww. And so then they, I think it's like over 30 years or something. Like, so they've been together for 30 years and they just got hitched? Some insane amount of time That's like so that. That's so sweet. I know. I got really excited about that. And then there's a show coming out that they just talked about, about RuPaul's life in the 80s. I will watch it's gonna the be fuck a doc- out of drama. that. It's going to talk a lot about um, being queer in New York under the Reagan administration. Oh, so that is act up, baby. It's probably going to be a lot of sadness, but also a lot of triumph. Triumph of the human spirit. Yeah. That's going to be so good. Since last time we chatted, Scarlett Johansson hosted Saturday Night Live, and I really liked her perfume commercial for Ivanka Trump's Complicit. She's beautiful. She's powerful. She's complicit. I didn't see it, but I saw, I was kind of like, oh, do I want to even give this 
time over the whole ghost in the shell thing. So ah, like, so you're holding that against Scarlet. So. Tiny bit of hate, but then I was like, but I heard it was really good. <laughs> there was also a really good sketch about International Women's Day where they were like, the women walked out on writing day, so the men wrote a sketch for us because the women walked out for International Women's Day. And then the sketch that the guys wrote was all the women sitting around with no lines while the guys mansplayed feminism to each other. <laughs> well, that's story And it was choice. Off. I was really into it. I also took a, a dive into some retro horror, which you know that I really enjoy. Yes. Have you seen David Cronenberg's 1975 movie Shivers? This is a 1975 cult classic. I'm going to say three words to you. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Canadian sex zombies. What? That's what I'm trying to say. It's like there's this crazy rampaging phallic parasite that's uh, just going buck wild in a giant apartment complex in Canada. And this it's amazing. like part STD, but also it'll just like wriggle into your like orifices when you're not looking so like you you can get it from humping but you can also just get it from Wait, living I your life i may have seen and it this. it makes these like straight laced canadian act out sexually in all kinds of ways that are upsetting but also funny but also upsetting and it's definitely schlocky and low budge but also brilliant at the same time i can't totally put my finger on why but while i was watching it one of the supporting characters is this actress who I love so much who's in so many amazing horror movies and it totally got me on a jag trying to like go back and watch her her fine films her name is Barbara Steele I don't know if you've heard of her but she's this great horror queen from the 70s and 80s and she's actually still around making stuff she was in that really famous witchcraft movie, Black Sunday. Yes, I love that movie. Uh huh. And she was in The Pit and the Pendulum. You I know? know this lady. She, she was has in like everything. She was in so everything. She was in Caged Heat and Piranha. And you know how I have a deep and abiding love of Dark Shadows, everything yes. Dark Shadows. And then in the 1991 reboot of Doctor of I think Dark she's Shadows, like the original Scream Queen. She is a total scream. She is the original scream queen, and she was Doctor Hoffman in Dark Shadows in the 1990s reboot. And I was like. If I have a pop culture podcast, I can't let one more episode go by without mentioning that Barbara Steele is the best and everyone should give her the due yeah. that she deserves. Maybe we should do a, a quiz on Barbara Steele sometime. Yeah. Around ha- Halloween time. October, or we can November. do Get This Look, Barbara Steele. Yes. Or we so can devote looks. an entire fashion story to Barbara Steele. Starring Barbara oh, Steele as Barbara Steele. Making Steel. a magazine right now in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys see something devoted to Barbara Steele in an upcoming issue of Bust Magazine, you'll know why. It, who birthed you? <laughs> who birthed you? I also, and I say this with no small amount of shame. <laughs> Callie, I watched the finale of The Bachelor. I know that we talked... Did talk- you see my face just... <laughs> Callie just read me to filth with her eyes. <laughs> I know that we already discussed how basic it is and how sad and wrong it is, but everyone was like barfing about this the finale of The Bachelor, and I was like, "Oh!" So you watched one episode and then you just and watched then I the just finale. skipped to the finale. It's fair enough. And make no mistake, I know that this show is fake. I know that the things, the the relationships are not real. But just in terms of relationship archetypes. I feel like I need to process and unpack this finale with you for a little bit. Okay. Okay. So the dude, Nick, he narrows it down to two brunettes. 
Mm-hmm. One is Someone named has a type. One is named Raven. She was so Raven. <laughs> she is a 25 year old fun loving boutique owner from Arkansas, and all their time together is like rolling around in the mud and giggling and playing like puppies and skating and just literally playing games and having fun and giggling and rolling around. All right. Nothing but fun times, 100%. And then... No deep thoughts? No deep thought moments? It didn't seem... You know, she she played her feelings close to the vest, but she did at times express her feelings, and it was hard for her to do it, but she did. And she was like, I'm into this guy. And she seemed re- she seemed confident that they were going to be together. And then... So that's 25-year-old Raven, and then the other person is 29-year-old Vanessa who's Canadian and (laughs) the stare we just had and she's a she's a grown-ass woman with a career is what I'm trying to say she's a special ed teacher she's really close to like a big Italian family in Canada where like they're all together every week for Italian dinner on the weekends and like she's super enmeshed with her family you marry me you marry the family you marry me you marry the entire family and like and she has this career as a special ed teacher and he went to visit the kids and the kids are all like very attached to her and it's totally her calling and her life she's a grown-ass person almost 30 like with a very carefully created life that she made for herself and she was asking him things like where are we gonna live like if I win this show like do I have to leave my entire life like what are we gonna do and also I don't like the fact that you're like going out on a all of these dates with all these people like I don't like the idea of you like hanging out in fantasy suites with other people when what she does realize what the show is right right she's and like I also don't like the whole concept of the I show. hate the entire concept of the show and I hate you for playing the game show that we're both on and but also I love you so much and it's like really deep intense like gazing into each other's eyes and like holding each other and crying right so, like, at the end of every episode of every date with, like, you know, they were showing all these montages of, like, the thing. So, at the end of every date with 25-year-old Raven, they're, like, giggling and cuddling. And at the end of every date with 29-year-old Vanessa, they're, like, holding each other and crying. So, who, he needs a middle ground there, man. Like, Who does he them? choose? Can you guess? He has a very short affair with Giggles, and then he marries the other girl. He's he's engaged to Vanessa, to the Canadian. Uh-huh. And, like, while they're, they're sort of, like, reveal at the end as a couple, when they're, like, holding hands on the stage, was super awkward, and she was like, I'm going to come to America. And I was like, oh, girl, seriously? Like, I had all these feelings because... Uh, when on was the- this tape? Was Trump president yet? Because nobody in their right mind would say, I'm coming to America I know, he now. should run to Canada so fast. Yeah. But, like... I'm, a, I'm of two minds because I feel like if I were going to be one of those archetypal women, I would be the grown ass woman. I would be Vanessa being like, this is I don't like this and I don't like this and this is my life. And you need to like you have to have you got to say what you need. But as a viewer at home, I'm like, oh, I think he's going to be happier with that with Raven girl with with like giggling and and rolling around like puppies girl because this other girl is like I think too complicated and if you're holding each other and crying on a game show I'm ready to let it go (laughs) I've been puzzling about it in my mind another thing that I watched that um actually came as a recommendation from Terrence Mickey 
who is the host of Memory Motel that's made here at the Listening Booth. Ah, uh, yes. He told me the last time I came by here to watch the FX show Baskets, the Zach Galifianakis show. I the um, trailer for that, and I, I've been watching other things, but I really want it. It looks good. I, thus far, had not watched it because I hate clowns. I hate clowns. <laughs> yeah, everything about clowns, clowns will ru- a clown will ruin my day. Don't even come at me with a clown. However... <laughs> This show is really good, even though it stars Zach Galifianakis as a struggling clown. I am able to get over it for two big reasons. My favorite characters are not Zach Galifianakis playing the clown. Okay. Louis Anderson is in this show as Zach Galifianakis's mom. And he won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy playing this mom. Like, talk about Drag Race. Like, Louis Anderson is an amazing woman. Huh. <laughs> like not even like super like Mrs. Doubtfire like is whatever. Is there any reasoning why they cast a man? You know what? Interestingly enough, I heard this on I want to say it was the WTF podcast. I think it was um, Louis C.K. was on talking about he's the producer of this show, and he was saying that while they he was you know like putting the show together with Zach Galifianakis, Zach was like, you know, when I picture my mom in the show, I just picture like a female Louis Anderson, and I can't get that image out of my head. And Louis was like, Louis C.K. was like, well, let's just ask him. <laughs> and they slapped a wig on Louis Anderson, and he's brilliant. Okay, he's I'll go so along with that. Then that's a very good. valid reason to go to cast a man to play a woman. Um. On Two Dope Queens, there was an excellent episode. I think uh, it aired maybe around Valentine's Day where Jessica Williams' mom, Maria, came on. Oh, Did you know that Jessica Williams' mom is a relationship expert? No. She's a relationship expert, and she was answering people's love questions, and she was talking about... Apparently, there's this other love expert named Gary Chapman who has five love languages, and she kept talking about them, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to use those love languages in my relation. She was talking about the five love languages. Are you ready? Yeah. Bring this home to your man. Gift giving. All right. Quality time. Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation. Yeah. Acts of service. Like all doing right. something nice without having to be asked. And physical touch. I do all these things all the time. That's why you're happily married. Yeah. I was like, I, I was like hey, thanks, Maria. That's good advice. My gifts are tiny gifts. Like, I know. No, it doesn't have to be expensive. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, I just be like, if I go pee... I bring Camilla a glass of water. In the that's so of the nice. Because he's always waking up like, water. I think that's also an act of service. <sighs> yeah. like these Just doing the, a nice thing. It's just like I know that he's going to ask for water. So when I pee, I just get water. Mm-hmm. That way nobody else has to get out of bed. It's also part school laziness. So, yeah, Jessica Williams' mom, relationship expert. Huh. Maybe I'm a relationship expert because I do. <laughs> You're a, a savant. Yeah. You're a relationship <laughs> savant. I also watched a bunch of Missy Elliott videos. Come on. Is it worth it? And then I found out this week that she is playing one show and one show only this entire year, and it's the FYF Fest this summer in Los Angeles. So if you're in LA, go to the fest and see Missy Elliott's the only show. That lineup is insane too. Besides yes. Missy, but, I mean Missy is reason enough. To Missy's go playing. Bjork is playing. Solange is playing. It's a oh Erica Badu. This is amazing. Yeah, those there's are some heavy hitters. Right a there. lot of really Speaking good people. Speaking of Solange, she's on the cover of the next of uh, the current Bust. It's out yes, next Solange week. is on the cover of the April May issue of Bust. Go out and get it. 
the interview is amazing. It is amazing. There are tears. Yeah, there were actual I, I tears. Shed. It was really good. And you know, those Knowles sisters tend to be, uh, you know, difficult. Yeah, they're elusive. Yeah, they're very elusive. So it's. I feel that it was very honest and open and revealing, and everyone should get the April May issue really, of really Bust because interview. Solange is our cover story, amongst other wonderful things. And it's she a did great a great issue. job. Yeah, and that, my friend, is what I've got for you. That's that's what I've been wow. watching. I've enjoyed spending all this quality time together. I would like to thank our producer. Rachel Withers. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you to our pals at the listening booth, Terrence Mickey, who recommended Baskets, mm -hmm. and Katie Shepard. Big ups to our girl gang at Bust Magazine. Great job with that Solange issue. Yes. Killing it. Subscribe. To find out more about Bust, visit us at Bust.com or Bust.com slash subscribe, mm -hmm. which is even better. And please... If you wouldn't mind, rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It really, really, really helps us get the word out, and we super-duper appreciate it. I didn't realize until I started making a podcast myself how important those iTunes ratings and reviews are, but they're actually so important. So you if you wouldn't out. mind, they're, it's free to do. It takes a second, and, it's, and it really helps us out. A big love to Aquafina. Thank you so much, Aquafina. If you haven't seen her show talk, you totally should. Every episode is hilarious. Every short, so it's easy. And binge all of her videos. Yes, that's an obs. Bye. Mwah. <laughs> I'm Julia Bainbridge, host and creator of The Lonely Hour. It's a podcast about loneliness, but it's not a bummer. In each episode, my guests and I explore what makes us lonely and why. We've delved into the pleasures of solo travel, I need to go someplace that's profoundly lonely just to sort of get back in touch with that part of myself. The isolation of fetishes. My fetish was fixed very, very, very early in life. When you were spanked as a child, something sexual was not happening to right. you. But when I was spanked as a child, something sexual was happening to me. And many other experiences that define what it means to feel alone in all its various and nuanced forms. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes and to stay in touch and share your own story, please visit thelonelyhour.com. <laughs>